Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Pittsburgh Steeler fans, it is time once again for a Monday. It's a spring Monday, so it's not as bad as a dreary Monday. My name is Brian Anthony Davis, and it's always time for some bad language. And let's do it. Pittsburgh Steelers draft was over a week ago. I know we've been talking about it ad nauseum. And there's one thing that I've noticed, and this is so interesting to me. For the first time in a long time, the Steelers are getting maximum praise for their draft. They're getting great grades. Look, grades mean absolutely nothing. You've got to get them off the page and onto the playing field, onto the practice field, onto the regular season roster, and on the minds of the critics then. But right now, giving them an A+, that's fantastic. I love it. That means that they're in the right direction. I feel on paper that this is a fantastic draft, but that remains to be seen. But there's pitfalls to all of the positivity because you know how I feel about national media. Look, they're on the outside. If you ask me about the Green Bay Packers or if you ask me about the San Francisco 49ers, I'm going to tell you what I'm reading and I'm going to tell you what everybody's saying but I don't know the inside. I don't know the outside. I don't know anything about those teams because I'm not living it every single day. Am I in the facility? Absolutely not. But here at Steel Curtain Network, we have the finger in the pulse of the team all the time. And that goes for not just us, but that goes for fans who are checking up on this team. When you look at draft needs, and you look at all of the draft predictions and these mock drafts from these national pundits, what are you going to find? The same thing every single time. OT, 
cornerback, edge rusher. They know the needs of everybody. And I'm sure, hey, we were bringing those same guys in on our mock drafts. I get it. But it's really funny to see how they pigeonhole a team just based on what they're seeing on paper. They're not hearing the press conferences every single day. They're not checking out Steel Curtain Network for all of your Pittsburgh Steelers news wherever you download your favorite podcast with all the great shows every single day. They're not. Just like if you're not checking out Rob Stats Guerrera on Steel Curtain, excuse me, on Fans First Sports Network and the San Francisco 49ers, then you don't know what's going on with that team because he does. If you're not checking out John Suchan and the boys from the Fanatical L podcast. Yeah, we have one of those. I'm rooting for a Browns podcast because it's on fans first. If you're not checking that out, you don't know what's going on. You don't know the insides and the outsides. Those fans know it. And those guys at fans first know it. And the local media from those teams know it. So listen to the local media first. Now, hey, I know this. Not all local media is always right on this. We're not always right on everything. Well, I was on the uh, number predictions there. But we don't know everything because the Steelers are very good at keeping everything close to the vest. But I do get excited when the Steelers are getting positive vibes. I love it. But the problem with those positive vibes from the outside, with a young team, sometimes it gets into their head. And we've seen this with Mike Tomlin teams in the past. The better they are, the more disappointment you're going to see. But that could be discipline from some of the players. Man, that was back in the Antonio Brown, the Ben Roethlisberger days, the Le'Veon Bell days, which when they were favorites, it was never that good. So... I get nervous when I see that the Steelers are a favorite anywhere. I like them having chips on their shoulders. And we're going to talk about that later on this week on Here We Go, the Steelers show. Myself and Kevin Smith on the chips on some shoulders, especially that of Kenny Pickett. Kenny Pickett is getting no respect from the outside. So with everybody thinking that this draft was so great, is it really going to... uh Make their predictions higher? No, it's not. People are still giving the Pittsburgh Steelers some disrespect. They're saying, hey, they're maybe the ninth or 10th best team. I love it. I'll take that. But the positivity absolutely scares me. Until they go ahead and get on that playing field, we don't know. We don't know what you're going to get. It seems like you have a great player in Broderick Jones. We just don't know how his game's going to translate. They're talking about the steal of the draft being Darnell Washington. But there's still some things about his game that you don't know. Does he have the experience at Georgia that you need in the professional ranks? I think he definitely has a nice resume with what we've seen on the field, but he was still a backup tight end there. He wasn't always the number one option. So you've got to think about those things. One of these guys. Of all of these picks, and I believe, what, seven picks, I believe you're going to have a situation where, well, one of these guys that you expect to work out is not going to work out. One's going to work out better than the others. Man, we are already crowning 
Corey Trice in the seventh round as a great value pick and a guy that could possibly be a starter. We're talking about the future of Trice and JPJ at the corners. And remember on this show about a month back, I was saying, hey, double up if you can. Double down. Double something at corner or offensive tackle. I really wanted them to do it corner. They did. I like these guys. They could be another legion of boom. You know that did well for Seattle. I know it only gave them one ring, but a ring's a ring these days because there's a lot of parity. You know that. You know what's happening. There's different teams in the playoffs every single year. Why not the Steelers? I think the Steelers are a playoff team. We'll see. But this positivity could be scary. Here's another guy. We're looking at Nate Herbig on paper. If you look at Nate Herbig on paper, not his height and weight. Now, that scares a lot of people. But when you go ahead and look at the number of sacks, you get excited. But remember how many sacks you had from the man named Sutton Smith. You don't even remember Sutton Smith, do you? It was only four years ago. 2019 draft. He was a Mac guy. He had a ton of sacks. So you don't know who is going to be good and who's not going to be good. On paper, Mr. Alex Highsmith looked really good with 14 sacks his final season. And now he's turning into that player. And he was from a conference that was not very well known either. See, he was from a smaller conference. So it all depends, you know, mostly it depends on the hearts that beat in the chest of these guys. And that is the reason that you have different guys doing different things. You can have a five-star blue chipper that doesn't have the desire that a seventh round pick does. You know, you really can't. So until they put on pads, until they go out there, Those grades don't mean nothing. In fact, Richard Marks says, don't mean nothing. Great song. One of his first songs in 1987. Yeah. Don't mean nothing. Why does it not mean nothing? Well, it's simple. Because what happens on paper does stays on the page. You either elevate it or you don't. Now, look, we have revisionist history. We know everybody hated the... Everybody hated the Devin Bush Jr. pick. I didn't. I thought it was a great trade-up at the time. It makes sense. It still makes sense to me for what they thought they were getting. They did the scouting. There was nothing in those scouting reports that said that this guy wasn't going to be good. Other teams were interested in him. He was not going to fall to 20 to that team back in 2019. But now... We go ahead and say, oh, it was a terrible pick. I know. I, I, I wouldn't have done it. I was, doing, I was doing the podcast back then when it happened. People were excited about it when it happened. Now, there were some naysayers. There's always some naysayers. There's going to be Broderick Jones naysayers. There's Joey Porter Jr. naysayers. Yeah, there is. But the bottom line to the whole thing is... We've been naysayers for guys that have been picked, and we turned out to love them. There were a lot of Pat Fryermuth naysayers when he was selected because you wanted somebody else. You're not getting rid of Pat Fryermuth now. You know you're not. 
because he turned out to be good. We're wrong. Look, one thing that I always do, I always pat myself on the back when I'm right because it's rarely, it rarely happens. But I have no problem telling you when I was wrong. Let's go back to 2014. I hated, and I said hated, the Ryan Shazier pick. I was hell-bent on a cornerback. I wanted Dark West Denard. Didn't work out. Now, the one guy, yeah, Darnez Denard wasn't good. Ryan Shazier, look, that's another thing. I defy you to go back and say Ryan Shazier was a bad pick. Well, bad. Daddy, you didn't get much out of him because he got injured. Now, come on. <laughs> Take that injury. You can't predict injuries. Just like you couldn't predict that. I'm making the excuse for Devin Bush Jr. Was he going to be a Hall of Famer? No. But that injury knocked him down. And you can't say that about Ryan Shazier. You can't dare say that. It happened at the end of 2017. You didn't get what you wanted out of this guy. And the reason you did not get what you wanted out of this guy is because he had a work tragedy. It did not work out for him whatsoever. Let's go ahead and take a break. We will be right back right after this. We're going to talk more about this on Steel Curtain Network, courtesy of Fans First Sports Network. This is the show that we call Bad Language. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as uh, simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Ain't the worst looking man you've ever seen. Pittsburgh Steeler fans, we are back on Bad Language. My name is Brian Anthony Davis. This is the show where we get a little irreverent. We're not, we're not the typical show. It's me spouting out my bad language. That's Brian Anthony Davis, if you don't realize what it is. Now, I'm not cussing up a storm on the show. You rarely hear me cuss. Yeah, you've never heard the bad one yet, and that's not going to happen well, with that being said, let's get on to it. But before we do that, we've got to talk about what I think is awesome. And it's one of the best lineups in Steelers blogosphere podcasting. Yeah, what is it? Well, it's the lineup from the Steel Curtain Network, courtesy of Fans First Sports Network. If you did not get a chance to check out the great shows over the weekend, they were fantastic. You've got another State of the Steelers with my man Daniel J. Daniel J. will be back with Shannon White this evening with another episode of The Hangover, taking up, taking over the show that Tony Defio and I started years back, and they're doing a fantastic job with it. Also, over the weekend, another episode of The Homies. That's my man Kevin Tate, my name, my man Big G, Sean Gurley. Also, you've got Brandon Harriet. And you've got Vince Pay Saunders as well. Uh, Pay 
Those guys are fantastic. Also a big part of the Fans First Sports lineup as well. You had me and Dave Schofield doing the week that was. Man, we were off for a long time. It was my fault. So Dave was solo, and then we had the draft. So that show was not going on. And then you had me filling in for Kyle Kreiss and mini Coach T doing Oh, man, I was so glad to get back to the Q&A. The Q&A was one of my very first shows here. Actually, it was fact or fiction, but I did Q&A stuff on that show as well. My very first one when I got back, got into podcasting with the what was behind the still curtain at the time on Blog Talk Radio. And so that's what I did back then, and I believe 2015. So all kinds of great shows. Make sure you check out tomorrow one of my favorite shows, Jeffrey Benedict and from the cutting room floor, then you're going to have the gurus, man. These guys, they're transitioning from the draft and they're getting back into Pittsburgh Steelers stuff a little bit more. And they are Jeremy Betts and Andrew Wilbar or Andrew Wilbar and Jeremy Betts. These guys know their stuff, man. If I had their draft knowledge, gosh, I would be a superstar too. So I really love what these guys do, especially, you know, during that draft, we have these zoom calls and it's kind of like a war room and a green room type of thing where we're figuring out because sometimes we've got to change our stuff on a dime why is that because if the Steelers make a trade or we've got to figure out the articles what we're going to do because we're still on the editorial side behind the silk curtain still exists we're still doing that stuff and then we've got to figure out all these podcasts all these roundtables you know, special thanks to Dave Schofield for all of the breaking news podcast with every single pick. All these guys did roundtables as well. We had great draft coverage, if I could say so myself. And I was talking to them on, on these Zoom calls. If I wanted to find out about a guy, I asked. I was really excited about, you know, different guys that I thought were a third round grade. And then I I talked to Andrew. I'm like, yeah, he's he doesn't have a third round grade, you know national guys do but say he does but then uh, one of the guys i specifically thought the steelers could get didn't even get drafted and i thought he was possibly a third round pick andrew and jeremy they know this stuff they were excited about a guy like Corey trice so it's great to have all of these professionals on our lineup so make sure you check out everybody else and don't forget about the scobro show tomorrow night as well there's so many more going on throughout the week can't do them all. We got to get back into the topic at hand. And it's the national media loving this draft. Here's a guy that the national media loved. It's Nick Herbig. And I got it right. I said, Nick, I'm going to start calling him Herbie two. Herbie one and Herbie two, because I get all messed up with Nick and Nate. Nate and Nick. I feel like Nate should have been drafted and not Nick. I get confused but I didn't get confused today. So that's okay. But the thing about Herbig, they were all excited, which got me excited saying that he was a third round pick and the Steelers got a stealing him in the fourth. Everybody's talking about how the Steelers won this draft. We're never going to know. We don't know until three years from now, if they won this draft, we don't. Here's the best part about it. It's what the coaching staff and what the organization can do with these guys. There's some people saying that, well, Joey Porter Jr. didn't want him as a number one. Take him as a number two. 
That's good for Joey Porter Jr. It puts a chip on his shoulder, and I love that. I love the fact if you if he's anything like his dad, and he says he's more like his mom, but that switched when he went to a second round pick. Now he's putting everybody on notice. You all passed up on me, and I'm going to show you. I like that with this guy. And if he's like his dad, man, you don't go ahead and disrespect that name Porter. And I think he feels like he was disrespected here. And now it's not with the Steelers. This Even the Steelers passed him up in the first one. They took him. And they had offers. And I think the Steelers made it known that, look, it's Joey Porter Jr. unless you blow us away. They did a great job of not taking less. They knew their guy. They had their guy. Joey Porter was in the facility that night making sure he was doing press conferences that evening. He did not get lost in the shuffle of day three. He was there immediately after day two. And that's some big stuff coming in and saying, I'm ready to get to work. It was great to see Joey Porter Jr. with all of those legends at the uh, Mel Blunt roast of Troy Palomalu. He was there. <laughs> he was there with Joe Green. You know, it, it was great to see I mean, like, him patting Joe Green on the chest and Joe Green doing it back to him. There's so many cool things about having a legacy there. But you don't want a legacy just because he's a legacy. Just because you know Joey Porter was great doesn't mean that Joey Porter Jr. is going to be great. Joey Porter Jr. could be better. He'd be great. Hey, I'm not a junior, but I'm the son of William Davis. And everything William Davis does as a humanitarian and a person is fantastic. I'm not even half the man that my father is. But I do my best, and and I, I know that I'm going to go ahead and do that name well, even though there's a million Brian Davises out there, hence the Anthony. Even though there's a million Bill Davises out there, I'm honoring the guy from Johnstown, PA, originally. And that's what I'm trying to do. Joey Porter's going to honor his dad, but he's also going to create his own legacy. And I think he's going to be great, but bad. The guy couldn't catch a ball. He only had one career interception, but they weren't throwing to him. They were not throwing to Joey Porter Jr. whatsoever. I believe he only got 17 balls thrown his way over the past season, or was that the past couple seasons? Sure, he was a wide receiver in college. You know, he has the ability to have hands, and everybody's laughing. They're like, well, it's perfect. He's wearing Uncle Ike's jersey. He's wearing number 24. Uncle Ike didn't have hands. Ike Taylor. We talk about his lack of hands, but really, he caught interceptions for this team, and he did them. He did it when they needed to. A big interception in Super Bowl 40. Ike Taylor came up big. Doesn't mean that everything that, that th is thrown this guy's way is going to clank off his hands. Some guys are more built to break up passes than intercept them, and breaking up passes is a big deal. But bad. Look what happened back in that Miami game in October. The Steelers had three near interceptions and they lost. Well, yeah, you really need to get the turnovers. But if Joey Porter is breaking up passes, this is Joey Porter Jr. If he's knocking balls away, that's a pretty big deal. Look, 
I know we look at stats, we look at interceptions, we look at all of that. Is Ike Taylor going to be a Hall of Famer? No. Ike Taylor better be Hall of Honor in Pittsburgh. He really should. He is that good. You know, but he's not going to be a Hall of Famer because he doesn't have those numbers, interception numbers. But just like I was telling you about the national media, look here. We know how great Ike is. Are you going to trade Ike? You're going to go back in time and not have Ike because he didn't have all the interceptions that you wanted? Ike Taylor still had interceptions for this team. He really did. I mean, he didn't have what you wanted. He he wasn't lighting them up, lighting it up. But Ike Taylor, you know how great Ike Taylor was. He was a career Pittsburgh Steeler, and he's for everybody now that didn't know about the guys in the seventies. You know how special Ike Taylor. If he can be an Ike Taylor type player, Joey Porter Jr., you're going to take it. And look, I know he played a lot of years. He played 2003 to 2014. He had 14 career interceptions, but those pass defenses of 144 were fantastic. I'm not looking for the gaudy numbers. I'm just looking for the production on the field and getting them off the field. Whether it's a turnover, that would be great. But if you're bringing on the punter, that's just as good. I think you're going to get that from Joey Porter. But the national media loves the Joey Porter thing. But why does the national media love the Joey Porter thing? Because it's the name. Just like a lot of people got excited about it at first because of the name and the legacy. Let Joey Jr. make his own legacy. And it's going to be fine. It really is. Everything else with this draft, the national media, they didn't even have a problem with Spencer Anderson because he was versatile. Spencer Anderson is probably going to be a guy of value later on, but he's probably going to start with the practice squad. But we can't, we don't know what kind of heart beats in that number 74 jersey. We don't know what's going to happen. That guy might be one of our favorites come camp because we always find a favorite. We always get excited about these guys when we see him in camp. And I'd rather you get excited about a guy in camp when you've seen what he can do. You've seen what he can do in preseason games. That's better. I'd rather you do that than get excited about a guy that has his name called. Corey Trice Jr., that seems like he could be a great pick. But I caution you, we talk about stats. Look how many interceptions Senquez Golson had. He had he was injured, never got on the field. Look at Gerald, not Gerald, Gerard Holloman, seventh round pick in 2015. He had like 14 interceptions at Louisville his last season. He didn't even make the squad. He didn't make the team. That did not translate to the pros. So when we were talking about Herbig earlier with all of the sacks, you hope it translates. Then you have us all trying to figure out what the coaches are going to do with these guys. Where are they going to place them? What position are they going to be playing? Is Broderick Jones going to start? Is he going to be a swing tackle? Is he going to be a right tackle or a left tackle to start? Well, he better start over Dan Moore because Dan Moore sucks. He might not start week one. And Dan Moore doesn't suck. You think he does? 
but he doesn't. He's there for a reason. They're evaluating him every single day. So I really wouldn't worry about it. I, we can't go back in time. We're never going to know. But I'm going to tell you, I have a feeling that if the Steelers didn't go with Broderick Jones in the first round, they might have not taken an offensive tackle until very, very late in that draft. And it would have been an, another guy late that was just like, yeah, okay. He's okay. Hopefully he'll make the team. And he does it. So that's what you're kind of looking at here. But with that being said, you've got so many guys on this team to go ahead and take a look at, and it's all evaluation. It's all evaluation from what they did in college and what they could possibly do now. The national pundits are going to say what they want. Don't care about their grades. I care about the grades of Mike Tomlin. I care about the grades of Matt Canada. Yes, I said in Matt Canada and Terrell Austin. I care what Pat Meyer thinks. That's what I care about. I care what Carl Dunbar thinks of Keanu Benton. That's a guy that there's some people that aren't enthused about Keanu Benton because they don't know him as well. National guys, they might not know him as well. Some were excited saying, hey, that was a good pick. I think it's a good pick because I'm listening to guys like Wilbar and Betts and KT Smith. You know what I did? The first thing I did every time somebody was drafted, I went to KT Smith and I'm like, what do you think of that pick? And when he is just speechless because he's so happy, I love it. That's who I trust. I trust a coach. And I'm sure, sure he's a high school coach, but high school coaches know how to evaluate talent. They know intangibles that I don't. And they know stuff that Mel Kuyper doesn't. <laughs> they really do. In fact, Mel Kuyper is getting to the point where you're like, wow, what's this guy thinking? You kind of, when you see him come up with this outrageous mock pick for the Steelers, people get all upset. Like, it's Mel Kuyper. Don't worry about it. Now, here's where I get... Here's, here's actually where I actually will throw some respect on somebody's opinion. And this is going to be a controversial comment because a lot of people, this is a local Pittsburgh media guy that a lot of people don't like because, frankly, he's nasty to everybody. But when Mark Madden comes out and says, who Mark Madden poo-poos everything. Am I a fan of Mark Madden? No. I respect his game, though. And the reason I respect his game is because he is playing a role as a media guy, and he knows how to play you. He knows how to get you interested. He knows how to get you to listen to him, whether you agree or disagree. He's, he's like J.R. Ewing. You love to hate the guy. Am I a fan of him? In a way, but not really, because it's not the style. It's completely different than my style. But when he poo-poos a lot of things, when he is the very pessimistic, and when people in Pittsburgh are excited, he has no problem shooting it down. But he's excited about this draft? Wow. That means that they're doing something right. That's absolutely crazy. 
I'm excited about this draft, but I'm going to curb my enthusiasm a little bit and see how it plays out. Minicamp is a coming. We're going to find out so much more. We're going to get some more Steelers too. Hakeem Butler hopefully is going to be one of them. There's a possibility that it's Hunter Johnson joining the team as another quarterback too with a team that is quarterback needy because you only have really two guys and now a third in Tanner Morgan from Minnesota, an undrafted free agent. So there's going to be some wide open competition for that third position. Is somebody coming in from the outside? The plan is in place. Minicamp is going to make it even more exciting with the, well, the minicamp that is the rookie minicamp that is next week. I can't wait. My name is Brian Anthony Davis. This has been Bad Language. And you know, as always, I ain't apologizing for nothing, daddy. Mm-hmm.